for Radio 1 91FM podcast. You're tuned in to the R1 News, your stop for news and current affairs on the airwaves. 11 to 12 weekdays here on Radio 1 91FM. Te reo irirangi kōtahi. Tēnā koutou i tēnei ata. Kei te whakarunga mai koe ki te reo irirangi kōtahi. Ko Zach Toku Ingoa. Ko Kaya Aho. And you're listening to the R1 News for Rapa Te Toru o Here Turikoka, Wednesday the 3rd of August. On the show today, we have the headlines and weather with Athena before we speak to USK's Peter Barclay about the snow report for the coming week. Later, Zach speaks to global security expert Ruben Steff about whether Ukraine will see peace before the end of 2022, and I discuss the unseen impacts the leaf flooding event could have for the environment with marine scientist Chris Hempburn. Lastly, we have an astrology report for you all, Earth Signs Out There. It is currently 11.01 and you're listening to R1 News on Radio 1, Te Reo. Irangi kōtahi. Coming up, Athena has the headlines and weather, but first, here's What A Day by Faith No More. Kia ora, this is the R1 News here on Radio 1, Te Reo I Rangi Kotahi. Up now we have Athena doing headlines and weather. The R1 News Headlines Tēnā koutou, ko Athena aho. As New Zealand's last border reopening phase began on August 1st, tourists and international students are for- forecasted to pour in. INZ Border and Visa Operations General Manager Nicola Hogg said... INZ received 2,863 visitor applications and 696 student visa applications. Applications have doubled in comparison to 2019 for this time last year, this time of year. Taiwan and China stepped up military as US House Speaker Nancy Pelosi arrived in Taiwan late Tuesday local time. She is the highest-ranking American official in 25 years to visit the South-ruled island claimed by China. And according to staff, China announced that it would conduct military manoeuvres in retaliation to her presence. 
Her visit has resulted in tension between China and the United States as China claims Taiwan as part of its territory. The Biden administration did not explicitly express to Pelosi to, cl- to call off her plans, instead publicly assured Beijing and the, that the visit would not, would not signal any change in US policy toward Taiwan. As of today, New Zealand is totalling in 13 gold medals, 7 silver and 6 bronze at the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham this year. In some results, recent results from the New Zealand team, pole vaulter Imogen Iris has won a bronze medal dedicating this success to her late father. Swimmer Andrew Jeffcolt won gold yesterday in the men's 50 metre backstroke, breaking the New Zealand record for, by completing the length in 24.65 seconds. Cyclists Elise Andrews and Aaron Gate also won gold. Those were the headlines on the R1 News. Now the weather. The R1 News weather. Itinera. Today, Otipoti can expect a fine day with some northwesterlies and high cloud in the evening. Tomorrow is fine yet cloudy at times with some northwesterlies. The high today, Rapare, is 15 and low of 16. And tomorrow, Ramere will have a high of 16 and a low of 10. That was the headlines and weather for R1 News. That was the R1 News headlines. Catch up at r1.co.nz forward slash news or find us at Radio 191 FM on Twitter or R1 News NZ on Instagram and tune in to R1 News at 11am on weekdays. Kia ora, Athena, for those fantastic little news and weather updates. Coming up on the program, we have the Usk Snow Report from Peter Barclay presenting that dandy little feature. But before then, we've got theme from Rawhide from the Blues Brothers. It's currently 11.08 here on R1 News. Take care, gang. Streams are swollen, keep them doggies rolling raw hard. Rain and wind and weather, hell bent for leather, wishing my gal was by my side. All the things I'm missing, good bills, love and kissing, are waiting at the end of my ride. Move them on, hit them up, Just rope, throw, and brand them. Soon we'll be living high and wide. My heart's calculating. My true love will be waiting. Be waiting at the end of my life. Move them on. Hit them up. Hit them up. Move them on. Hit them up. Hide. Cut them out. Ride them in. theme from Rawhide by none other than the Blues Brothers is currently 11.10 on the Rapa R1 News program. Let's take it away.
Later, Zach speaks with global security expert Ruben Steff about whether Ukraine will see peace before the end of 2022. But first, here's USK's Peter Barclay with the weekly snow report. G'day guys. Yeah, it's a dangerous week to be a mountain. Yesterday was crazy for those at high elevation. We're talking blizzard conditions, high winds, and of course, a huge fat dumping of snow. This week is looking good. If you're going skiing this weekend, you're in for an absolute treat. There's going to be 20 centimetres of fresh power at least on Friday night, but only to about 1,500 metres, but I'll get back to that. Yesterday, just about everything was closed due to the huge winds and snow coming in. Not that we're desperate for more snow, but hey, I will certainly not complain. Seriously, I've been very lucky to have quite a few days this season, and every single one has been so amazing, with some of the fluffiest and nicest snow I've ever skied in Aotearoa. This weekend looks amazing. There's going to be a bit of cloud on Saturday, but nothing that'll ruin your day. And Sunday is going to be a ripper. I've got a test on Tuesday next week, so make sure that you get out there and have some fun for me. Seriously, you're going to have a really good weekend, so get out there. All the mountains look superb this weekend. There's a bit of a tricky thing. As I mentioned earlier, you're getting 20 centimeters to 1,500 meters on Friday night. But below that, it'll be a little sleetier and certainly not as nice and cold and dry like we like our white stuff. Keeping that in mind, don't touch Coronet with a 10-foot pole. It'll be icy and terrible, and they're not getting much of that nice dry snow. Remarkable's and Cadrona will be to die for. They're getting all that fresh white stuff right down to their base buildings, and they're going to have most of the terrain covered in that stuff. So you might just find some freshies under the chairlifts. Triple Cone's a tricky one. The saddle will be sick, and it'll be coated in the freshies, but with all that fresh snow, the patrollers may not be able to open it up on Saturday due to the avalanche risk. It'll be there on Sunday, though, so you can make the most of it then. Make sure you stay away from the main basin, though, because that will be icy and bad. My advice is to lap Cadrona on Saturday and smash out the awesome fresh pow, and then on Sunday head up to the saddle at Treble Cone and do it all over again. Big shout out to the Snow Sports Club. They're running a big trip to Wanaka this weekend, which is already filled up. But if you're in town and you want to shred with a great group of frothers, then make sure to join the Facebook page and get amongst. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. Cheers for that, Skucks. Uh, Usk Snow Report, Peter. Coming up on the program, we've got an interview with global security expert Ruben Steff about the peace, the possibility of peace in Ukraine as the war drags on. But first, we've got Murder on the Dance Floor by Sophie Alice Baxter. You're listening to the Hour News on Rapa. Take care.
Ora, you're listening to the Wednesday R1 News here on Radio 1 Tereo Irirangi Kotahi 91 FM. That was Murder on the Dance Floor by Sophie Alice Baxter. The time is 17 past 11. And if you were listening earlier, we had the Usk Snow Report with Peter Barclay. It's been over 160 days since Russia invaded Ukraine. The war has seen thousands of lives, thousands of lives lost created millions of refugees, and has caused severe economic stresses all over the world. Is there any possibility that the war will end in the near future? Well, that's a hard question to answer. There have been numerous recent developments in the conflict which make it hard to know whether peace is likely. Russia has ended its blockade of Ukrainian ports and is allowing Ukraine to export its grain, which is vital for millions in mostly developing countries. But by the same token, Russia has reiterated that it wants a change in the Ukrainian government, with the superpower also repeatedly threatening nuclear war if any NATO power gets too involved in the conflict. I spoke with global security expert Dr. Ruben Steff from the University of Waikato about the war's current state, the likelihood of peace, how the new waves of refugees are affecting Europe and, Ukra- and Ukraine's neighbours, and what Aotearoa's future involvement in the war should look like. Here it is. 150 days since Russia invaded Ukraine, and media coverage of the conflict has been slowly tapering off week by week. How would you characterize the current phase of the conflict? Well, you could say there's sort of been three phases. The first phase began immediately after Russia invaded Ukraine. Now, despite what everyone thought, the Russians faced a real fight. They, in fact, had to completely shift strategy after about a month because of logistical problems, Ukrainians fighting with sort of quite effective tactics and Western-made military equipment and so on. So after about a month, the Russians had to retrench, and that then began the sort of second phase of the conflict when the Russians focused on the east, where they had short supply lines. They had a population that was somewhat sympathetic to Russia, and they already had a position there as they've been backing insurgents in eastern Ukraine since 2014. Now, the third phase began sort of a week or two ago, probably a couple of weeks ago, when the Ukrainians received high-mobility artillery rocket systems, or what are being called HIMARS. These are artillery systems that the Russians have no equivalent of. It allows Ukraine to fire behind Russian supply lines to damage ammunition dumps, to damage Russian logistics and so on. And that seems to really slow the next potential wave of Russian um, offense in eastern and southern Ukraine. So we're now into this third phase. Even the Russians admit the introduction of the HIMARS is a new phase in the war for them. So that's where we are. We're in this position of still essentially an artillery battle now in the east and the south. It's very slow. It's very grinding. It doesn't look like any side in the coming weeks and months is going to make some kind of breakthrough. But I would say we need to be humble because none of us thought this war would really begin in the first place. Although Ukraine may have the military upper hand at the moment, that's not guaranteed to last. In terms of diplomacy, do you think we could see a resolution to this conflict between the two parties without Ukraine ceding a portion of its territory to Russia? That's very hard to see in the short term or perhaps by the end of this year, partly because both sides are putting forward incompatible objectives. As you just alluded to, Ukraine, uh, the leader there, Zelensky, he has said that, you know, Ukraine want nothing less than the rest of their country. The eastern Ukraine, southern Ukraine, Crimea, which Russia annexed in 2014. On the Russian side, Vladimir Putin for years now has been speaking about Ukraine not being a truly independent country, a truly independent culture. Only a couple of days ago, uh, Russia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Sergei Lavrov, said essentially that the objective still seems to be regime change in Ukraine, that they want to help Ukrainians throw off the current regime and that the, the geog- geography of 
Russia's claims have changed. It goes beyond just the Donbass, the eastern portion of Ukraine, which is somewhat sympathetic to Russia, to include parts of southern Ukraine, maybe parts of northern Ukraine. So the objectives that the Russians have set out are incompatible with the Ukrainian objectives. In terms of lives and investment, both sides have lost a lot now. Russia has lost something like 15 to 20,000 men. The Ukrainians claim it's something like 40,000 men. Ukraine has lost something like 10,000 men. It's going to be very difficult, given the rhetoric, given the, the cost in terms of blood and treasure, for either Zelensky or Putin to back down, at least in any quick manner. Maybe over the course of months of negotiations, they could slowly get to a position where both could find some resolution they could live with, but they need to sell it to their own people. Putin needs to get out, get out of this conflict with something he can show to the Russian people, that he can show to the Russian regime, that is this, a kind of win for Russia, or at least something that was worth fighting for. Zelensky's the same. He's going to have to show the Ukrainian people that the death and destruction that they've suffered has been worth it too. But by the end of this year, I just don't see it happening anytime soon. I, I would just say, though, this is a costly war for both sides. Both sides are not going to come out of it probably with what they what they fully want. So again, there's probably some middle ground there that both hopefully can find. There has been at least one piece of good news on the diplomacy front. A recent UN-brokered agreement between the two countries will put an end to Russian blockades in Ukrainian ports, such as the port of Odessa enabling Ukraine to export grain to countries which are currently facing food shortages. Although this has sparked hopes of more permanent negotiation and resolution, Russia did strike at the port of Odessa just last week. Do you think Russia will honor this agreement in good faith? And what will happen if Ukraine can't get its grain to the countries that need it most? Do you think Russia will act in good faith on this deal? And just how bad would global food shortages get? Will Russia commit and stick to the deal in good faith? For a start, I'd say the deal is somewhat odd on the Russian side. After all, when you're fighting your enemy, you don't want to be doing deals with them to help them economically. And as Ukraine now gets this wheat to the international market, that's going to be a new source of income for Ukraine. So it's a little bit odd in some respects on the Russian side. If you're looking at this as a pure competition, if you're setting aside the actual real human consequences of this wheat getting or not getting to the international market. Perhaps the incentive for Russia is that, you know, there's significant global reputational damage that can be done if Moscow does not allow this wheat to get to the international market. This could be the kernels for trust building between Russia and Ukraine to start progressively finding grounds for broader negotiations on other issues to end the war. So perhaps that's part of the calculation that both Russia and Ukraine eventually do want to get to a position of broader negotiations. And if you can do a deal like this initially and have it stick, you can then create the trust, the mechanisms going forward for new negotiations. You mentioned earlier the, the cost of human lives in this conflict. But aside from life being lost, there's also been a great deal of refugees and displacement. According to the BBC, around 5 million Ukrainians have left their homeland, seeking refuge in neighbouring countries and passage to Western Europe. How has this mass migration affected countries in the immediate surrounding area? Yeah, sure. So I think the latest figures are something like 6.3 million have left for Western Europe and 9 million are displaced within Ukraine itself. And it's the largest refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. Um, so I gather that you know the cost is likely to be something like 30 billion to the European Union of having to take in and try and deal or provide housing and food and shelter for all these people. Bear in mind, you know, U European Union economy overall is 20 trillion. So they can absorb the kind of cost of this, but it does still feed into economic issues related to recovering from COVID, inflation and so on. Uh, Warsaw, the largest city in Poland, th their population has increased by 15% since the start of the war. So there are real costs and terms on infrastructure, on pressure on housing, and so on. Now, I can speak perhaps a bit more anecdotally to my own experience, given I'm currently living in the Czech Republic, which is right in the centre of Europe. To our north is Poland, to our west is Germany, to our south is Austria, to our east is Slovakia. Slovakia is a very small country. To Slovakia's east is Ukraine. Now, the Czech Republic has a population of 10 million people and has taken in something like 400,000, 500,000 Ukrainian refugees. So you have one new Ukrainian refugee for every 20 Czech citizens. And everywhere we go right now in the city we're living in, Bruno, it's it's uh, Czech Republic's second largest city. My wife says she hears Ukrainian everywhere. Uh, and we spend a lot of time in playgrounds because we have a child, and yet yeah, there's Ukrainians everywhere. Ukrainians are starting to, you know, they have some jobs. 
But the Czech Republic, despite recently having quite anti-immigrant politicians and political parties leading the country, has actually reacted very, very well. Uh, mayors were ordered to force landlords to give any free or any uh, unoccupied apartments or houses to Ukrainian refugees. Many hotels simply allowed Ukrainian refugees to come in and use rooms and occupy rooms for free. Some Czechs have welcomed Ukrainians into their homes, Ukrainian families. And I, you know, again, walking around the city, I don't get a sense there's any intensity or aggressive feeling in the air. So I think people like the Czech, and I'm, I'm hoping people in Poland and other European nations that have taken on large amounts of refugees have welcomed them in with open arms. That's at least what we see here. That's the feeling we get. And again, these countries in Central Europe are generally pretty anti-immigrant, but they've responded to this refugee flow in a very different fashion than they you know, may were these people come from coming from different parts of the world. They, they, they see a sort of commonality with these people. And I think a kind of sense of solidarity, especially because the aggression is by Russia. All these countries during the Cold War were occupied, dominated by Russia. And this is a way perhaps for them to show Russia, hey, you know, you do these things and it produces all this destabilization, these refugee flows, and we're willing to welcome these people rather than um, oppose or, you know, some, somewhat resist them. Now, bringing the conflict into a more local perspective, Aotearoa has donated several million dollars worth of non-lethal military aid and has even lent Ukraine uh, Hercules for transport use. Do you think Aotearoa's response to the conflict so far has been adequate? And what should our future response look like? I personally think it's been very effective. You know, we're a small country, so anything we do, of course, is going to be pretty moderate in the scheme of things. But as you said, we've provided millions of dollars for non-military assistance. We've sent over intelligence personnel to help countries there assess intelligence um, and share it across NATO and the European Union and so on. We've sent a Hercules transport aircraft. We have sanctioned Russia, including individuals in Russia. And what's notable there is that we've used autonomous sanctions. Now, normally what New Zealand does is we sanction according to United Nations sanctions. But in this case, because Russia is on the UN Security Council, any sanctions the UN tries to mandate, Russia just vetoes. So what we've done for the very first time ever is we have separate to the United Nations, we have imposed sanctions alongside, well, really the rest of the Western world. And that's, that's a, a novel thing for New Zealand to do. What could we do going forward? I mean, I think New Zealand has done a lot of what we should be doing. Uh, Jacinda Ardern, our Prime Minister, recently was at the NATO summit in Europe, the first time a New Zealand Prime Minister has been welcomed there. And she, look, she spoke out against the Russian invasion. But she also said that, you know, we need to emphasise diplomacy here because, you know, to be frank, the Americans are not doing it. Some countries that we may want to be doing it to play a critical role in this are not doing it. So New Zealand has put itself forward by saying, look, we, we think irrespective of the, the war, of the geopolitical tensions, you know, someone kind of needs to be speaking out for diplomacy to resolve this. Someone needs to be putting these ideas out there. Diplomacy really needs to be uh, drawn upon. If, if it ends up failing, so be it. But it's better to try it than nothing. That was Dr. Ruben Steff from the University of Waikato talking about the possibility of peace in Ukraine, among many other complicated topics. Coming up, we speak to marine scientist Chris Hempburn about the unseen impacts the Leith flooding event could have for the environment. But first, here's Anything Could Happen by The Clean here on Radio 1.
This is the R1 News on Radio 1 91FM. Te reo irirangi kōtahi. Do you ever walk alone? Do you ever walk alone? Like a drifter in the dark. Like a drifter in the dark. Seeking out what isn't there. Seeking out what isn't there. Looking only for a spark from a girl who's all alone. From a girl who's all alone. Maybe she's a drifting too. Maybe she's a drifting too. Like a shadow in the night. Like a shadow in the night. Waiting just to meet with you and then perhaps in love you'll stay. Perhaps in love you'll stay. Or fall and go your separate ways. Fall and go your separate ways. Still searching for sparks. Still searching for like a drifter in the dark dude and dude 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 and dude 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 Radio 1. Yo, Rockin', what's up? Yo, I'm doing the knowledge, E, man. I'm trying to get paid in full. Well, check this out. Since Norby Waltz is our agency, right? True. Karen Lewis is our agent. Word up. Zakia and Fourth and Broadway is our record company. Indeed. Okay, so who we rolling with then? We rolling with Rush. Our Rush Town Management. So check this out. Since we talking over this deaf beat right here that I put together, I want to hear some of them deaf rhymes. You know what I'm saying? And together, we can get paid and paid and paid Inside my hand, so I dig into my pocket, all my money spent. So I should deep up, still coming up with lint. So I start my mission, leave my residence, thinking how could I get some dead presidents? I need money. I used to be a stick up kid, so I think of all the devious things I did. I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny. Stop smiling, you still don't nothing move but the money. But now I learn to earn cause I'm righteous. I feel great, so maybe I might just search for a nine to five. If I strive, then maybe I'll stay alive. So I walk up the street, whistling this, feeling out of place, cause man, do I miss a pen and a paper, a stereo, a taper, me and Eric being a nice big plate of fish, which is my favorite dish, but without no money, it's still a wish. Cause I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. So now to test to see if I got pulled, hit the studio, cause I'm paid in full. I can Check this out. Yo, you go to your girl's house and I go to mine. Cause my girl is definitely mad cause it took us too long to do this album. Yo, I hear what you're saying. So let's just pump the music up and count our money. Yo, but check this out. Yo, Eli, turn the bass down and just let the beat keep on rocking. And we out of here. Yo, what happened to peace? Peace, 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 peace. peace, peace. Ah. Ah. 
Assalamu alaikum. Hola. Kia ora koutou and welcome to the cryptic Radio 1 Te Reo Irangi Kotahi Astrology Report. Oh, oh, oh! Ooh, a weekly segment where we infuse universal truths with earthly silliness to provide you, the listener, with some premium cosmological content. Let's get amongst... To be honest, I'm ashamed that I even have to report on you, Virgos, but here we go. Due to today's cosmic climate, you'll be feeling quite irate and impatient. You should try to avoid any drama if possible. You can do this like so. Did you hear Tony whacked Polly last night after he insulted Cameron's Gabagool? What a wise guy. Whoa, that's crazy. End of conversation. You can end any conversation by saying, well, that's crazy. Well, that's crazy. Good one. What do we got on Capricorn, Kaya? Capricorn, I've got some extremely unfortunate news. Oh. As the enchanting Libra moon enters a gnawing square with Venus, you'll feel a little bit seized about your career and professional future in general. This is only compounded by severe high-stress environments you continually put yourself in. Not good. It's time to break free and really touch some grass, Capricorn. Escape to the bush somewhere and live off the land for a few weeks. While you may contract... Dysentery. At least you'll feel far away. Far, far away from the alienating and soul-crushing machine we all like to call capitalism. Oh, brother. <laughs> uh, up next... Or sister. Or, or, or sister. Or sister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or nibbling. That's a new category. Up, up next, the bovine Taurus. In the immortal words of Tom Jones, it's not unusual. It's not unusual for you to feel foggy and disorganized, you mythical creature, you. But at least you can blame it on the Libra and Ve- on. Fuck, sorry. Oh, oh, no. At least you can blame it on Libra and Venus having a spat. Just focus on getting things done, and the cosmos might just pull through later in the day when Luna enters a supportive aspect with Saturn. Oh, what a, what a, what a saucy little astrology report this has been, Kai. What's your star sign, Zach? Uh, mine is Libra. Yours is Libra, and mine is Taurus, so I will be blaming it on you. Oh, you better blame it on me. I'm no, mm, or you could blame it on the boogie. Blame it on the bossa nova. That's the song I'm thinking of. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> this is the R1 news, uh, the rapper R1 news. Um, what should we go for next? What are we going for that soccer mummy song? Right? Soccer yeah. mummy. Soccer mummy. Here's circle the drain. Has my heart. Has your heart? Radio one has my heart. Radio one has my heart too. Here's soccer mummy with circle the drain. You're listening to Radio One. Take care.
Kia ora, this has been R1 News here on Radio 1 Tereo Irirangi Kotahi. Earlier in the show, we had the weekly snow report with Usk's Peter Barclay. We also had an interview with University of Waikato uh, politics professor Ruben Steff about whether peace in Ukraine is possible by the end of 2022. And to round it all off, we had a slightly raunchy astrology report. You've just heard Vikay with Love Games. Coming up after this, we have Double Double from Big Mike feature. You've been tuned in to the R1 News. Weekdays from 11 to 12 here on Radio 1 91FM. Te reo irirangi kotahi. Catch up at r1.co.nz forward slash news or find us at Radio 1 91FM on Twitter or R1 News NZ on Instagram. I love the pop shots, mostly hella bold Lemon lime caviar spread, ice balloon roll Sights on the front row With the rice clothes underneath blindfolds To remain unaccountable I think they got too comfortable uh, Feet up and they're inflatable Yeah, I'ma call him Big Michael Cause I got beef right now With this one dude named Michael And I thought it sound cool Got never ending hollow pointed rounds that's full of doo-doo. doo-doo. You better hope you're full. Cause all my bars are stupid. I'll make stupid good look. Doodle rap like some coloring books. Over the line and I oop. When calling them out in the hook. Keep them on the back foot. Traveling back hard and backwards. I smoke them out backwards. Back and forth like a tennis match. On all fours like a pup or a house beat. I see you dipping in the kitchen. How a mouse be sipping on cheap pale ales that you got for free. Now who's your connect that you're scooping? I heard your boy Barry's moving boxes for Coopers. Now that don't impress me, Mike. Honestly, your baggage is bad on my back and my psyche. Unlike me, you ain't getting feisty. Timid soft boy tendencies seem kinda likely. Now, you don't wanna fight me. Just try and see yourself in the past, future, and the present. Don't take offense now. You're the one that said it. Trying to credit me to the level of a peasant. I ain't trying to sever you, so you might as well forget it. You can keep uploading dick pics onto Reddit. Take to change a light bulb. One to climb the ladder. One to quote the Bible. One for the revival of some cultural denial. One for the false idols and one to break the cycle. But don't hold your breath. Hold your Know your strength. Play your role. And like Drake said to you, better know yourself. Get them good views for when the poses do expose themselves. Wow. Like them modeling tidy whiteys. I might be hikey. Calling out these Mikeys. So Mike me. And not another white collar. Pseudo scholar. Text my dollar man. If you follow holler then. Look. This is really about to go down. And when it does, you better come correct. Just like a pronoun. Oh, now. See, I've been around the block of two seasons. Change targets. Don't like we're watching Doctor Who. Way back. Receiving board cap. Me and Peggy head strap. What LeBron used to have. You a different kind of on the red. On the head. Lay your left red tracks on your pants Indiana Jones man Yeah, you're both edge-bends Of the times you would have said Yet you still repeat the act Repeat the act Like every episode of Friends You're still playing Back to back, back to back, back to back Ask the ass Why you keep running back Same tricks in your bag Got in memory lapsed Got them all cast Well, I've seen that I don't need that You can keep that, but you're attached. The pain on my back. I got Dream Mom's backpack messing with my step back. I'm getting pretty tired of carrying your ass. We don't need you anymore. We don't You 
That was the Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.